Look, people are free to think and to say pretty much whatever they want when it comes to their favorite team. I'm okay with that. I am here to tell you, however, what I won't be focusing on this coming NHL season. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. The Penguins are not a young team. They're not the league's oldest team, at least not yet. We'll see how the final rosters shake out. But they do have the older core. And they do have the three names easily, by far, most frequently associated with the franchise, all into their mid-30s. As such, and because we just completed a summer in which two of those three were somewhat dramatically brought back on what essentially amounts to lifetime contracts, I have this nauseating feeling that every single time any little thing goes wrong, it's going to be, see, that's what you get for keeping the old guys, for bringing the band back together, or whatever other cliches anybody else has. And I'm going to say this one more time. You can go right ahead and do that. I won't judge you. I won't really particularly care, to be honest with you, because I don't care what anybody else thinks about almost anything. At least not when it comes down to, you know, something that's a personal, individual opinion. I don't think that I should. But I can tell you that I, me, just this guy right here, am not going to take that position unless... Something were to happen where it would become clear that it is, in fact, the core that's holding the team back. Think about that for a second, because that can come in two different contexts. One is the obvious that the core wouldn't perform. If, for whatever reason, I I can't even picture this, and it sounds dumb even saying it out loud, but that Sidney Patrick Crosby were to just hit a wall in his brilliant career and fall off and just not be able to score, make plays or skate the way he always did, then there'd be a problem. If Evgeny Malkin were to just not find his legs again, and again, this is not going to happen, but just throwing it out there, then you'd have a real problem. If Chris Letang were to regress into the turnover-making machine that he was before Todd Reardon came back to town and found ways to help him stay more within himself and thus excel, again, that's another problem that's directly related to the core. The other way in which the core could affect things detrimentally is more from the peripheral view, and that means that, well, they cost a lot of money. And they take up a lot of the cap. And you could say to yourself, theoretically, well, geez, they could have been a player in free agency for this guy or that guy instead. But I don't think either of these is going to be the case. And on the second one, I know it's not the case. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Here's why I say that on that second count, the one about the core taking up too much of the cap, that I know it's not going to be the thing that hurts this team. First off is that none of the core is exactly overpaid by any standard. Sidney Crosby has an $8.7 million cap hit. He's actually only making $3 million bucks this year. Okay, but that has nothing to do with the cap. The, the, the cap hit is what matters. And Gino and Latang are right there in that five to six million dollar range. That is not excessive. That is not in the top 20 of the National Hockey League when it comes to salaries. But the perception is going to be that they paid a gazillion dollars for these guys and thus, they're keeping them, preventing them from getting other good players. When in fact, what we're really talking about here is wingers, elite wingers. Well, I'm sorry, if you've got Jake Gensel, Brian Rust, and I guess to a lesser extent, Ricard Raquel, these are guys that are among the upper echelon when it comes to pay for wingers. Jake is a bargain and a half, thanks to Jim Rutherford. But you won't find other NHL teams that have a set of wingers like those three. And I'm deliberately counting all three because I think Raquel's going to be good for 30 here. I really do. So what would you do if you had even more money to get more winger? Exactly. What are you going to do? Like stack them onto your third or fourth lines? The Penguins have issues with the cap, but they aren't up front. And unless you want to presume that the Penguins would have taken their savings from letting Gino and Latang go and pouring it into some world-class blue line, then I'm going to remind you that last season, the number one paid defensive core in the league was Pittsburgh's. And that obviously didn't even translate into being able to protect leads in games five, six, or seven against the Rangers. My point here is this. If you want a convenient, lazy villain or a group of villains for what's going to go wrong in your eyes anyway, with this team this winter, go nuts. Have at it. Go at the three guys who are probably still going to produce at a high level. You know how I know that? Because they just did. And what's been missing from this mix for a while now has been enough of a supporting cast to get to the next level. To repeat this, if they were making so much money that you couldn't build a supporting cast, they'd be the problem. But they aren't making so much money, and you can and have put together a highly competitive supporting cast. What this team needs 
more than anything heading into this season is something that it really can't control, and that's to stay healthy. You know who stayed healthy last year? Yeah, once they got back into the groove, the core guys did. With everyone else getting hurt. When we come back, J1Q. had feel embarrassment by this performance against Detroit. The power play participants been working together for years and they had nine chances and couldn't muster a single goal against an AHL roster. Yikes. Whether it matters or not, it was embarrassing. I hope we see something different next game. Patty, you'll see something very different next game because they're not going to use those guys. You're going to see the main guys in exactly two preseason games. Sometimes it's been just one. I know Sid likes to get into a couple of them, and Latang does too to get his wheels going. So I do think it's going to be one more. But wow, do I ever agree with your assessment that it doesn't matter. <laughs> At least that part of it. Mike Sullivan pointed out regarding the power plays. And, and again, I, I, I saw it. Okay, it was ugly. It was ugly. And when you're seeing a bunch of no-names on the other side, you can get turned off and have a right to be turned off when it's, you know, a handful of Hall of Famers on one side and the Grand Rapids Griffins, I think they're called, on the other. And it looks like your guys don't care. And you show up and you do care. Or even just turn on the TV and you care. And that's something that's going to tick people off. And to repeat Something that I said in the first segment, you're totally entitled to that. I'm not going to criticize you for that. However, I can share with you my own view that the people involved in this, especially the veterans, are very, very good at compartmentalizing the difference between what they want to get accomplished in a preseason game and what the outcome is. And let me be a little bit clearer about that. Actually, no, let me do you one better. I'm going to throw a baseball comparison at you because baseball is actually way more blatant about this than any other sport. A pitcher takes the mound in spring training. Pitcher says and works this out with his pitching coach beforehand. Hey, today I just need to get this change up going. It really hasn't been happening for me in the bullpen. I need to get it in a real live game against real live hitters. Pitching coach says, go nuts. The other team in the other dugout sees that you're throwing nothing but change-ups, okay? I got news for you. Regardless of what kind of action or cut you've got on that change-up, they're going to belt it to kingdom come. And afterward, people like me will be in the locker room to talking to the Pirates and saying, hey, what, what happened to you today? Are you worried about getting ready for the start of the season? And the pitcher goes, what, seriously? You didn't see that I was throwing nothing but change-ups? I mean, I mean, I might as well have had a neon sign out above center field that said, hey, Baltimore Orioles, I'm throwing change-ups here. This is the kind of thing that goes on in hockey in a more subtle way. If you're Sidney Crosby and you've been immaculate at having yourself prepared for a regular season, there are certain 
boxes that you want to check in a preseason game. I got to do a little bit of this. I got to do a little bit of that. I'm going to focus on uh, face-offs. I'm going to make sure that I'm getting the puck to, to the middle of the rink. I'm going to make sure that I'm skating through the middle of the rink, even if it might not be the best possible strategy for that night. Patty, I'm sounding like I'm making excuses for them. I'm not. They weren't good, especially not on the power play, and you have every right to be upset about it. I am just sharing with you that the most compelling thing you had to reiterate was that it doesn't matter. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 